0: it's Owen. If you're hearing this message, you're subscribed to the old feed of A Brief Chat. To subscribe to the new feed, you have a few options. If you listen via Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just search for A Brief Chat and pick the one as just A Brief Chat and the web address. In other words, not the one with Jason's name and the logo. If you use your own podcast app, you can probably search for the show there too and do the same thing. Or visit abriefchat.com and click on how to listen. You'll find the RSS feed right there, and if you click on it, your phone or computer should open whichever app you use to listen to podcasts and ask you to subscribe. This feed will stop updating next week, so if you want to stay subscribed, please make the change. And thanks!
1: Welcome to A Brief Chat, I'm Jason Crane. Today is Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019. This is part two of a five-part series on my personal history with religion. This is a linear story, so be sure you've listened to the previous installment before you listen to this one. I never wanted to be a Boy Scout. My parents were into it though, particularly my dad, so I became a Cub Scout while I was still in Catholic school, and then I stuck with it until I had a chance to exit. I was still a Boy Scout in fifth grade when we moved to Canandaigua, a small town about 45 minutes southeast of Rochester, New York. My dad worked at the airport in Rochester, but my folks wanted more land and a country setting, so they had a log home built on a dirt road on a plot with seven acres of land and a barn that dated back to the early 19th century. When we moved to Canandaigua, I switched from Catholic school to public school. I'm not 100% sure why. Now I think that maybe it was for financial reasons, because I'm sure Catholic school is expensive. We still attended Catholic Mass on Sundays, though. My dad had been raised Methodist, but we went to Mass instead, and he changed over when he married my mom because I think she cared about it more than he did. Canadagua has a lot of churches. In fact, at one four-way intersection on the corner of Maine and Gibson, there are churches on each corner, Catholic, Methodist, Presbyterian, and Congregational, plus lots more scattered throughout the town. The Methodist Church was home to Scout Sunday, an annual church service in celebration of Boy Scouts and their families. Maybe Girl Scouts, too, I don't really remember. But in any case, on one Sunday, we trooped over to the Methodist Church and met the pastor, David Durham, and his assistant pastor, John Holt. We sat in the Methodist sanctuary and listened to the service, and I'm sure it was all very nice, but we were Catholics, and we continued to attend Catholic Mass on the other 51 Sundays of the year. Then the next year rolled around, and we went back across the street for Scout Sunday. When we walked in, David greeted all of us by name. My mom was dumbstruck. We had been attending St. Mary's Catholic Church across the street for more than a year, and she was quite sure none of the priests or staff knew who we were other than to send a monthly envelope asking for money. She converted to being a Methodist on the spot, and we never set foot in St. Mary's again. The First United Methodist Church was a very different beast from the Catholic solemnity we were used to. First of all, it just looked different. White walls on the inside, light-colored wood pews with a happy choir off to one side. None of the invisible choir on the balcony and stations of the cross that had been our surroundings before. David and John were also very different from most of the priests we knew, except perhaps Father Ed. David was a genius, pure and simple. In my memory, he spoke several languages and could read even more than that, and he was very concerned with what the Bible actually said and how we should think about it. He was also a very ecumenical thinker and one of the more liberal religious people I knew at the time. I remember that he always signed off his letters in the church bulletin with the word Shalom. Thinking about what the Bible says isn't a very Catholic practice. In Catholicism, priests are generally seen as the keepers of knowledge and the stand-ins between the rabble and God. At least that's how Catholicism was in the churches that I attended. I know liberation theology is very different, but there definitely was not any of that any place that I ever was. John was even further outside the mainstream of my religious experience. He was the assistant pastor, and he had come to the church after years as an executive in the steel industry, I think in Pittsburgh. He was joyous and wacky and completely changed my view of what it was possible to do while wearing clerical robes. He usually handled the children's sermon in the middle of the service, and you never knew what was going to happen. One Sunday, for example, he rode down the center aisle of the sanctuary on a bicycle with a rubber chicken sitting proudly in the bike basket. I was already quite a ham by this point in my life, and when I saw John, I realized it was possible to be both religious and a performer at the same time. Now, this might seem like old hat to folks who grew up in southern churches or in the black church, but to me, it was, if you'll forgive the term, a revelation. I did all the things a devout kid did. I went to Sunday school. I joined youth group. I went to Young Life Christian Camp one summer. Most of my friends and my parents' friends were people that we knew from church. I played in a band in a church dance. Our family played host to one of the courses during the annual progressive dinner when people would make their way from house to house to eat and hang out. I was confirmed into the Methodist Church as a young teen. I think I was maybe 13 or 14. I had started volunteering for the chaplain service at the local VA hospital to earn a Boy Scout merit badge, and my confirmation sponsor was one of the ministers from the VA. He gave me an old 19th century hymnal as a gift. I can clearly remember kneeling at the altar with the other teens who were being confirmed and feeling my sponsor's hand on the back of my head as he stood behind me during the blessing. I guess that doesn't sound that great when you say it like that, but in any case it was very beautiful and moving to me. By this point, I was quite sure I wanted to be a minister. John, the assistant pastor, was still in Divinity School in Rochester, and he took me with him to audit some of his classes so I could see what it was all about. I was, to use Owen's phrase, very down with Jesus. And then I joined marching band and switched teams yet again. That story is on tomorrow's episode. I'd love to hear your own stories of childhood religious experience. Drop me a line at jason at abriefchat.com, and be sure to let me know if it's okay to include your story on the show. Head over to abriefchat.com to become a member, too. I love you. A better world is possible.